Hello and welcome to True Crime Diary, a light-hearted podcast on a serious subject. Every two weeks we look back through true crime stories to discuss an event that took place on this week in history. I'm your host Mark Decano and with me as always are my friends Jed Lester. Hello. And Rue Turner. Hello. So today we're going to talk about something a little bit different. We're going to talk about a man who has killed over 400 people. Unbelievable, that's awful. Possibly. Get rid of him. Possibly 600 people. Well, they don't even know. Don't even know. Oh, that's terrible. It's like Shipman. Yeah. I tell you what, never served any time in prison. Did he get away with it? And In plain sight. More than that, we've talked about him before. We've talked about him in our Ruth Ellis episode. We've mentioned him. We have. We've mentioned him in our Bentley and Craig episode. We mentioned him in our William Joyce episode. We mentioned him in our Christie and Evans episode. Is that time and time Is again, that all we've talked to be read. Time and time again, we've talked I've about got him. No recollection of anything. I'm sure we've even mentioned his dad. We have, and his uncle. A killer, a dyed in the wool killer, cold blooded, clean, methodical, and thorough. Now, how is it possible that a man who killed 400 people was not only never arrested, never imprisoned, and yet so well known that we talked about him so often? How is it that he received accolades instead of incarceration? And uh, pub of the year. And pub of the year. <laughs> um, it depends on whether you're on the sides of the goodies or the baddies. Well, yeah. But yeah, well, I mean, it's a riddle. It's a quiz question, isn't it? Who is the man who killed the most and yet was cheered and applauded? Yes. Is that a quiz question? It should be. Well, it yeah, is now. Yeah, yeah. It is made. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell him the answer. Cue the music. (laughs) Is there no music? There is now. Credits. (laughs) We are talking about, of course, Albert Pierpoint, England's official hangman. Uh, He had a 25-year career. As I say, he hanged over 400 people, possibly up to 600 people. In a 25-year career, ended in 1956. Some big names in there as well. Mm. What, the ones you mentioned were... Yep hung by him yes he hanged uh, Ruth Ellis who we've mentioned uh, as I say all the people in our episodes previous yeah. episodes Timothy Evans J- John Christie Ruth Ellis um, Lord Haw Haw aka William Joyce he also good. he also hanged Derek Bentley um, yes. as I mentioned and John Haig also known as the acid bath murderer a lot of very well-known, very famous ne'er-do-wells. Swing by in this 25-year... Swing by. Very clever. Uh, career. <laughs> yeah. See, I am i can't believe, even now, that we know his name. I, I cannot believe we know... Hmm. Th- we know all about him. And, and all right, posthumously, all right, fine. Yeah. But at the time, he's like, oh, there's, yeah. there's old Albert. Why, I can see your name in lights, lights six feet high. Yeah, true. Yes, I mean, to be fair, it probably mostly came out of the war. World War Two. he... Uh, the Nuremberg Trials. And the Nuremberg Trials. Well, interestingly, he didn't hang anyone from the Nuremberg Trials. Did he not? Not a soul. I'm no. very much mistaken. Because the Nuremberg was in the American zone. Oh, uh, really? really? And Mr. Pierpoint hanged SS officers from the British zone. So he was. He went. Do the to, zones represent the laws of? Yes, you're talking about. Does someone own a zone? <laughs> yes, you're talking about occupied Germany. That's my zone. By gum, this is interesting. I always loved history. Henry the and his six knives, all that. So okay, so this is brilliant pub trivia quiz question. It's yes. going to come out of this. So okay, 1945, war ends. Germany is now occupied by the four occupying powers: Russia in the east, 
And then in the West, you've got Britain, France, and America sure. have occupied zones. And within those zones, the occupier's laws stand. Stand, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're in the America zone, you're under American law. So, pub trivia quiz question. In what year did World War II end? Um, 1940. Why? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, it was ten. It was, I think, officially, isn't it, in um, July nineteen forty-five? But no, I think isn't it, wasn't it May nineteen forty-five? Technically, start like like finish a lot later than that. Yes, maybe even into the seventies. <laughs> well, arguably, the official answer is nineteen ninety. Yeah. Why? Because of the fall of uh, Stalin, the, the Berlin Wall. <laughs> Because in 1989, with the fall of the Berlin Wall, Germany was reunified. Oh, yes, it was. Which means it, yeah. that there wasn't a Germany. So hang on. Did David Hasselhoff end the war? <laughs> the World War II. <laughs> he ended the, the World War Two. Yeah, I mean, he... I mean, there you go. I've given you another quiz question. Who... <laughs> who... Ended World War Two in Is his that own technically, mind. I mean, yes, I was going to say. He, he, <laughs> Who believes he ended World War Two? <laughs> Who claims that he ended? Uh, no, he was to the do with the fall of he the wall. He brought down the wall by because he was there by singing a song, <laughs> and therefore he ended World War Two as well. Yes, you're done good, Hasselhoff. So they were occupying German territory. They were occupied zones. There wasn't a, a, a Germany, and therefore the war hadn't ended because you can't have peace with a country that doesn't exist. 1989, war comes down, Germany exists, war ends. That's okay. quite good, isn't it? So anyway, hanging. Post-war is occupied he, he Germany. Was sent to Germany yes. to hang hundreds or hundred yes. plus. Over 200 people. Okay. Yeah. Is that in the figures that you said before? Was Or is that extra? Is that freelance? It's not a bonus. I mean... Uh, freelance uh, extra 200 plus. It was 200, 220, 230. But your 400 initial statement. Inclusive of those, yes. So what happened in the American bit? Did they get an American? They hey, got an American. Brandy, death. Would it have been hanging or would it have been something else? It was hanging. Now, the man who did the hangings at Nuremberg, by all accounts, was quite sloppy. Master Sergeant John C. Woods was the uh, American hangman at the Nuremberg trials. Uh, and they invited the press in to observe, and apparently <laughs> they observed that the hangings were poorly carried out. So a lot of people choked. Some people had the, the rope ripped their noses off. Literally, they ripped fell through the noose. Oh, I see. You mean. Mo- right, not sorry. once. Yeah. Multiple reports of that. No, no surely only one. <laughs> only one nose. Come off one <laughs> nose per person. <laughs> We've only just put it on again. <laughs> not many noses. The um, <laughs> many reports. And do you want to get through? Because obviously, knowing some people choke. Basically, no one cares. Your nose off. You're tying it around the wrong thing. Apparently, uh, Field Marshal Keitel took 20 minutes to die after the trap door oh, opened. That's not how hanging works. No, apparently the trapdoor wasn't actually big enough, so some a lot of the men f- banged on the sides as they fell down. But basically, no one cares if they, st- yeah. I mean, suffered. But oh, yeah. that's not the point because they want to get through them. The point is, we're is the, the good point? guys. We Help. kill them nicely. <laughs> and he was sent to Germany, uh, sent to Germany to show them that the British hanging was far more humane than the American style. Okay. Well, okay. So what the story was that Monty. That's yeah. Field Marshal Montgomery approved his appointment yeah. because by that time he was already known as like one of the key of, of Britain's official executioners. And Monty Meaning approved his appointment. One. 
No, there's a few. Oh, okay. They're on the home office list, is what it's called. If you're uh, on the home office on the list, list, that means you're an official yeah, hangman. Yeah. Yes. So the point was that Monty said, okay, he interviewed Pierpoint, very brief interview, and basically said, Do you like... <laughs> do you like stringing them up? Killing? <laughs> Your name, Albert, yeah. Got rope? Yeah, you're in. Okay, you do. If he hadn't have done that, that was a career move, wasn't it? A good one. Well, I mean, at the time, generally they tried to remain anonymous. I mean, his, well, his yeah, I can't see obvious reason. A career move. I don't. Yeah, he, but all of those murders—not murders. Hang, hangs. Are they called hangs? Hangings. Hangings. The hangers. That you listed at the start came after. They were after your, yeah. the old. War job. <laughs> the old war job. So let's go back to Germany. Yep. And Monty, as I said, gets your Albert. Yes. And says, come yeah. in, fly down to Hamlin, home of the Pied Piper. And Albert then hangs 200 people, SS officers. Um, fairly short time. In Yeah, fairly short time. He was getting through 10, 15 people a day. Wow. Hanging. In- Which is about a year's worth for him normally. Yeah. Well, <laughs> somebody's certainly been a busy bee. Bearing in mind that even at that time, back in the uh, 40s and 50s, although we had the death penalty, you, it's not like they were churning them out. There would be very few and far between. There wouldn't right, be okay. Britain has liberated uh, Bergen-Belsen concentration camp by then. Yep. So uh, the SS had declared a criminal organisation. Yep. Therefore, these are not military prisoners. They are criminals. Therefore, those engaged in criminal activity, i.e. murder, are hanged. Of course, yeah. So, and yep. it happens to be in a British occupied area so they get the best hangman for the job he believed that once they're gonna do it they're innocent what is uh what is yeah they've paid the ultimate price so at the point of death they are then innocent so when like if you've been in prison for five years for a crime you committed when you come out you might have a criminal record but you're innocent Effective, technically, you've yeah, paid yeah. the price. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was, he was how he felt about those people, and that was his quote, wasn't yeah. it? That he said, um, "The mercy I can extend to them is to give them and sustain them dignity in dying and death." Yeah, uh, once they're so home, quickly, he would wash them and dress them and yeah. prepare the body. You forget that because once they've you do forget that yeah. once you've hanged someone, you've now got a dead body at the end yeah. of a rope. Correct, and a de- dead body, <laughs> and then that you've got it's particularly well. yeah. Uh, it's normal. Right. It's normal circumstance that a body in you know nervous throes of execution will evacuate their bowels and be covered in disease. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's normal. Yeah. So you've got to then go and clean them up, swaddle them in cloth, etc., ready right. to be taken away for burial, and that would be part of the execution as so well. You believe that, that part of the job. Paid their price. Yeah. They now deserve respect. So even if you're happy to hang them, don't okay. forget. You know, you, you might want to, you might be prepared to cook the meal, but you've also got to do the washing up after. Exactly. Right. Yes. I like that. That's okay. a great analogy. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Among the people he hanged in, in Hamlin were the commandant of Bergen-Belsen, Krasner, and um, Irma Grazer. Now, she was known as the hyena of Auschwitz. She was a nasty Good. piece of work. Nasty piece of work, and she was only very, very young. She was in her early 20s, yeah. I think. Didn't he do her first on that day? He wanted to do her first. Oh, right. okay. Pierpoint said he would hang her first because she was the youngest and would therefore be the most scared mm. okay. and, and create a big fuss so he wanted her out of the way and then basically. that causes everybody else to be nervous and, and you get in a yeah. panic and then you get and he wanted it everyone to be calm job hard you know? yeah but also he wanted people to be calm he didn't want to freak everybody out and you know, they're going to die well yeah, yeah exactly yes. so you're not going to get less what, calm about the end of your life yeah, but you don't want people getting more and more tense and nervous. This is why the whole thing about going to the condemned cell and you go from the condemned cell to the noose 
very quickly yeah. because yeah. you want it to be done because otherwise you've got time to think about it you've got time to panic and yeah you don't want them struggling and screaming and but also, it's not not only is it not uh, very humane to keep cause panic at first, but you don't want that for yourself, for the chaplain and the everyone else around I you. Suppose so I'm just you, thinking about what they did to others. But I mean, it's, it's, perhaps I'm being unprofessional. Well, again, that's I mean, the I whole am. point of it, isn't yeah, it? It's sure, not yeah. to inflict terror on people. It's to which you're meeting exactly, up justice. Which it's, is exactly what they did. That's what they would have done. Yeah. Yeah. And there we're and we we're above that. Very commas are better no. than them. Oh. It's mat- very matter of fact. Justice must yeah. be done. Sentences passed. Sentences carried out. That's it. Yeah. Execution is the act. It, hanging is simply the method. Yeah, no. That's yeah, yeah. There's nothing in between those that should yeah. make it any greater or lesser. Anyway. So, uh, yes, Irma Grace, the oh, hyena yeah, of Auschwitz. So she went. She worked at Auschwitz, obviously, as we know, and she was called the hyena because she would laugh at her own acts of brutality when she beat prisoners. Right. She was then transferred to Ravensbrück, which is a women's concentration camp, and then to Bergen-Belsen, where ultimately... Uh, she was captured by the British. Now she wanted; they wanted to. Um, uh, Pierpont wanted to hang her first, but ultimately he hanged her supervisor first, and then she was hanged second, and then the upper echelon. So they hanged the, the women first, all the women first, singly, and then all the men side by side, two at a time. Right. I would say ten to fifteen a day. Wow, over two hundred in total. Was. Albert Pilporn, why was so he was on he was a kind of kite mark registered hangman. Yeah. Meaning he was on the good list. Why? Not on the t- why oh, yes. What makes you good at hanging, Mark? <laughs> what makes what me makes, good at hanging? Well I'll tell you. What makes you good at it? Tell me now. I, I was, what I was gonna do was answer How the question. Get into hanging? <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Dad, um, Stop asking me questions. Why, son, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I was thinking of getting into hanging. Well, Albert Pierpoint wanted to be a hangman since he was at school. I wanted to meet interesting and stimulating people and kill them. That's well, you'd just, you'd just go in via banking. <laughs> a banking or accountancy? Yeah. Start slow and build that, your way up. If that was uh, today, he'd be dissuaded from... That career, well, because it doesn't exist. Yeah, for but one, it's a for bit of a dead end job, isn't it? <laughs> so was his um, his parents love, loved it. <laughs> they were big into hanging. <laughs> well, his father was an official hangman. Oh, there you go. And man. his uncle, son, and his father's father's this father. This is how you kill a man. <laughs> let me sh- let me show you. Well, yeah, but oh, following your father's footsteps, few was, generations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Following your father's footsteps was was the thing. I mean, we say it now. Do but, it again. Why didn't that, you do it? Well, times it's not have, a thing now. Times have changed. It's not really a thing, is it? It's not a thing now, but at the time, I mean, to what be honest, would you have been uh, an engineer. Would you? Yeah, you're a tenth of an engineer, probably, aren't you? He's a, I, he's a, yeah, a digital engineer. <laughs> what do you do? I'm a tenth of an engineer. <laughs> Arguably, a lot of the time, you wouldn't have a choice because the only career path that was open to you would be the same one. Like I the e- And about. the easiest career path, I suppose. But Yeah. I mean, Albert, he was into it. I mean, when he was at school, he was asked to write an essay about what you would want to be when you grew up. And he said, when I leave school, I would like to be a public executioner like my dad is because it needs a steady man with good hands like my dad and my uncle Tom and I shall be the same. That was, uh, I think, the first feeling I had about being an executioner. Wow, gosh. I didn't realise it started so early with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a young man who's come <laughs> up with his, his father and his father's come brother. Ropes. <laughs> yeah, he knows the ropes. He's <laughs> uh, quite good. <laughs> <laughs> he's come home, his dad's talking about work, and they have a chat with his brother. And he sees it 
I mean, wouldn't he have seen, seen it, it happening. Necessary. No, he wouldn't have gone to work with his. Take his fringes. Come on, lad, pull the lever. <laughs> Dad, <laughs> I know. I it. can't, Dad. He's my. Well, bring a chair in. He's put a blindfold on. He's the milkman. You have been a good boy. Have a lollipop. Right. Yeah. Okay. But years later, when he's interviewed, Albert talked about his his role in like um, religious terms. It's like it's his duty, and he was uh, he was ordained or. You know. and let's face it, it's different times of, in the sense that hanging was just a thing. And whether it's accepted by everyone, I don't know, but it was just part of life. So, oh, yeah, he's a hangman. It's not like, oh, my God, yeah. I can't believe he's... You know, they were, I don't think there'll be barely any, uh, apart from relatives, potentially relatives of the dead, the, yeah. it wouldn't have been a, you disgust me, uh, kind of reaction by the general public because he was yeah. just the hangman uh, length of rope would determine body weight and yes. robustness of neck yeah and, and this is something we've talked about before and the interesting thing is because a lot of our podcasts have involved hanging jing yes they have Yeah, we have talked about the, the methodology of mm. it before but it does bear a little bit of repeating but yeah you basically have to uh, you have to judge the length of the rope against the body weight in in this person. style that you have to do that is that physical calculation yeah but unless you just for probably several hundred years before they just go and yeah then, just drop him win, winch all yeah. that needs to happen is the neck needs to snap and that's sure, it yeah. and you want you don't want it to snap any more than was it the C2 vertebra to snap yeah, because any more will any chop your head off. That, it's the ex- just yeah. strangling and wiggling about. Exactly, and, and again, I'm chop- pretty sure. Yeah, I'm but sure it, we've talked yeah. about this. Yeah, if it's a heavy body and the rope is too long, they'll build up a velocity, yeah. and it will just rip yeah. their head off. Ten meters per and if it, squared. Yeah, and if it's too short slash too light, then it won't get the enough velocity, and they'll, they'll be just strangled. Go, oh. <laughs> they'll go, oh neck. <laughs> oh, so yeah, you want the hangman's fracture. Which is the uh, yes the the, the C two vertebrae, vertebrae yeah. yeah which just like, just snaps and that's instant instant death. Right. Um, and Albert was very very good at this. He would go to the cell door, look through the the Judas hole. Oh yeah, yeah. and see the. I'd be able to first. see them and go right. They weigh height this. and weight. And then yeah, does height matter? Well, height, it's Probably weight does, really. It? It's weight really. But I mean, okay. uh, yeah, you want to make sure the rope is not so long that their feet are going to land on the ground. <laughs> Hopefully, the drop is longer than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, right. but yeah, they, he would he would look through the the Judas hole, as I say, the window on the, the cell door, and then he would go, okay, they weigh X pounds, which sure. means you need this rope that length. Okay. And he'd like to know their occupation as well, because if they were a, a labourer, yeah. then he would know that their neck would be a lot oh, right, stronger. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So although they might be quite light, they'd actually need. Yeah. The Home Office produced a manual with fractions and calculations about how to work out an equation. Equations, for, yeah. For hanging. For hanging, yeah. Right. There's an official manual. I wonder what that. A drop book. A drop book. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he returned and had returned. a glittering career. Well, glitter, not so much. Okay. Right. A bit ropey. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> When he came back, Pierpoint came back and um, he got out of, he was in the delivery business and his sideline was executions because as I say, there weren't that many, there weren't loads. So he'd go, he'd be delivery called. St. Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yes. But he gave up oh, yeah. the, the delivery of parcels business and sure. he kept on the delivery to St. Peter business. But what he did was he took over a, a, a pub lease. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just became ridiculous. A I find that unbelievable that he bought a pub and everyone knew who he was and what he really did. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He bought a pub and you'll love the name of the pub. The... It wasn't renamed. It's completely coincidental. Okay. <laughs> the dead... I don't know. The swinging... Well, you're not far corpse. off. Yeah, the swinging corpse. <laughs> Hang back. It was called Help the Poor Struggler. Fate, it seems, is not without a sense of irony. Right, right. There's a pub called Help the Poor it's Struggler in um, Oldham. Kind of optimistic. Do you fancy a jar down the, the strug? <laughs> the old strug. That's true, because pub names always get elided into something really... A real short nub that you can mention among friends. You're never going to say... Oh, shall we all go down the help the poor? No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You always, yeah. You go down the nub. <laughs> yeah, down yeah. the poor, down the struggles, down the pub. Old struggles. Yeah, yeah. Got any old struggles? Where was that then? Uh, Oldham. Right. Oh, okay. How much do you charge to hang someone? Uh, in nineteen. 19- do you know how much I'd pay? How <laughs> <laughs> you charge or pay? Well, I'm thinking quite a lot. Because well, if it, if it was an illegal hanging, if I was <laughs> talking about illegal, you're talking about a lynching, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy the Strangler. I need a job done. I mean, yeah, but in a mob, you don't go. If you're going to whack somebody, hanging is not the way to go. In a mob, you don't go. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Who's paying for this? You do, whoa, 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 whoa! Rewind, rewind, rewind. I didn't get an invoice on Monday. I don't know where I'm going to. I go. need a PO number. <laughs> Um, <laughs> how much? What's do you the know the answer point for this? Do you know the answer to this? How much he? Yeah. Is it? I know an uh, answer. Body, or is it per I'd day? Say, see, I'd, I'd, expect, I'd from say a per day. I, I would expect there'd be a fee per individual plus expenses. I'd if I was the client. Okay, so really, really and travel expenses, <laughs> like you know, staying overnight if it's a long. If I was the government, I'd say I'd do a plus day a rate fee per per body, and then I'd. Chucking a load of okay, so that what, lot. Okay, I mean, it's going to vary. And holidays, you could do it two for one, <laughs> or fifteen for one, as Three he did two. on in Germany. Well, yeah. Um, so obviously, the government would be reticent to give out what they do. It's kind of a oh yeah, un- well, all right, fine, yeah. Okay. Um, what I can tell you is that in 1956, this is the last year that uh, Pierpoint was on the job. Yep. Um, he would have got in the region of £15 for a hanging plus expenses which would be travel and accommodation and a, a hanging may include more than one it would be unlikely to be more than one yeah. but it has it, it has rare, happened but, okay. was it rare? it was rare yes yeah Typically, it would be you, you You get about in the region of £15 in 1956 today that's in the region of about £200 right Plus expenses. Plus expenses. It's not. A lot, it's a day's work. Yeah. Well, it's it's less. I mean, Is it one bloke, one person? It, well, it's a day out of his life. Well, all right, it's, fine. It's if not, you live in it, I mean, wherever you he lives. travel from London, maybe to uh, strange ways. You go to Manchester. He'd stay overnight. Nine o'clock in the morning. You go in, bind hood. So nine oh one pounds done. for twelve seconds work because you know it's. Do you have to build it, the. You've got to Gallows. be there the night before. You've got to make sure that the the, the kit you're gonna do, is you're working. Gonna, yeah, you're okay. going to run tests. You're going to check the body weight. You're going to run sandbags. At nine oh one, 
the job isn't over, is it? Because because you, you were saying the, about the, the, the washing. And, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, it's not a full day's work, but it's a <laughs> no. day. And it, and again, he was again in inverted commas. He was one of the best at that profession. Sure. He was the expert. He would get a man from seated in the cell in the condemned cell to hanging from the end of the rope in under eleven seconds. Yeah, I think his <laughs> so record was Record was nine, I believe. I don't mind telling you, Pierpoint. I don't think there's a better man in the country. Which is was astonishing. Thing, is that a thing to shout about? Well, is that on his bio, Twitter bio? The picture the scene, okay? They're in the condemned cell. Oh, yeah. You've got Ruth Ellis or whomever is sat at a the table. There might be a, a, a priest or a vicar of some kind, a religious, yeah. religious person. There's there. the remains of your steak and chips on a plate. Yeah. They keep a Last meal. Last meal. Oh, probably yeah, yeah. didn't eat it. That was normal. Sure. So you've got someone there to give counsel, and then nine o'clock, door opens. Pierpoint walks in with a warden. In they comes. You're stood up. The assistant will bind your arms behind your back with a leather strap. Of course. You're marched into the next cell. You've been disoriented because you'd think you might be leaving the cell, but actually you're going into the noose room, the gallows room. Okay. You go in there. There's a T mark on the platform where you put your feet. Yeah. Uh, your feet are then bound with another leather strap, and then white hood goes over your head. Rope brought down around your neck, weighted to one side, has to be on the correct side. You know quite a lot about this. Yeah, and then the pin is pulled, lever is dropped, down you go. Yeah. So why would the noose need to go on a particular side of your neck? Which way do you dress, sir? You have to dress to the (laughs) side that the gallows arm is on. The upside down L. The upside down L, yep. as we all know and love. So this is nothing to do with Technical. biology. This is the mechanics. Of it's mechanics. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it has to be so on that direction, direction of force. It's direction of force. Okay. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about Tish and Tosh. Oh. Yes. What's that? Pish posh. <laughs> is that a person? Pish posh. It's Tish and Tosh. Now, it's, it may sound like a children's TV show, but hey, it's Tish and Tosh. So, a regular customer at the pub, Help the Poor Struggler, uh, young, right, yes. was a young man named James Corbett. Tish. They were great friends. They'd sing songs around the old Joanna. Right, okay. Piano. Piano to everyone. How can I explain this to you differently? I shall read this out verbatim. Uh-oh. Keep in mind that some Cockney rhyming slang can only be understood if you're familiar with the Cockney accent. For instance, Aunt Joanna means piano. Aunt. That's because in Cockney English, piano is pronounced piana. In America, ants are ants. In Britain, oh, yeah. ants are small insects. Yes. So, Pierpoint would call Corbett did, Tish. Sorry. And did, Corbett would return Tosh oh, to Pierpoint. No, Tish and Tosh. So, he knew that he was a hangman. He knew he was a hangman. And, I and can tell you this. he still sang... Love lifts us up where we belong. <laughs> yeah. Was this mid-50s? It was mid-50s, yeah. Let's think of a duet. <laughs> from, from the, the mid- 50s? From the mid-50s. Oh, me. Um, Alan's in the street. No. No. <laughs> no. Um, oh, I know. Not factually, but... Um, not factually. You've got the tears, to... they're multiplying. <laughs> Technically, it was set in the 50s. No. No, it not Greece. Not <laughs> yeah, I would say the fifties. <laughs> I know, nineteen seventy-eight for all you. And if it had been film filmed films? in the fifties, they would have actually been teenagers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Bill Haley and a friend. <laughs> Bill Haley and Bill Haley's mate. 
<laughs> in, a, in a pub. <laughs> Alien the asteroid. Yeah. Um, so they would sing songs. <laughs> Great, mate. Hey, should we sing a song? Yeah. Hey, where are you? I, I, not before I've had a half a mild. Yeah. <laughs> Pierpoint wrote in his autobiography in 1974, he wrote, um, As I polished the glasses, I thought if any man had a deterrent to murder poised before him, it was this troubadour who I called Tish. Coming to terms with his obsessions in the song in the singing room of Help the Poor Struggler, he was not only aware of the rope, he had the man who handled it beside him singing a duet. Mm. It won't come as any surprise to you guys knowing me, but the bit You've had killed the man. about that that stuck out to me was he had a singing room. He had a singing room. Right. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. just like mid 50s karaoke. Yeah. They had a room that went in to sing. Well, they call it the singing room, but I imagine it was the main saloon, oh, yeah. because that's where yeah, the old was, Joanna would He was be. into his rooms, though, wasn't he? The, what <laughs> did you call that room that they wait to get hang, hanged in? The condemned cell. That one. Condemned cell, A. Uh, hanging room, <laughs> hanging probably. Room. The singing room. Scaffold. The singing room. There you go, three rooms. <laughs> <laughs> Seven Bedroom, rooms. Dining room. Dining room, Hall. singing room, <laughs> library, sex dungeon. Carry on. And, so on. <laughs> and on and on it goes. Tish and Tosh. Tish and Tosh. Well, it turns out that uh, young James Corbett, in a fit of jealousy, oh, yeah. murdered his girlfriend. Oh, dear. He was pronounced guilty. He was pronounced guilty. <laughs> okay, yeah. Fine. He was pronounced guilty. Yeah, all right, fine. Yeah. I uh, thought you meant he pronounced himself. The thing is, I'm, I mean, I'm so... <laughs> I'm so guilty. I mean, T-I-S-H isn't normally pronounced guilty. <laughs> it's pronounced fruit wobbler mangrove. I so it was pronounced guilty by the court. It was right, found okay, guilty, okay. pronounced such, yeah, okay. and convicted. And uh, in the condemned cell, the most important thing to him, it seemed, was that his friend Tosh would in some way acknowledge him. When yeah. Pierpoint marched into the cell to take him to the scaffold, uh, Corbett said, Hello, Tosh. And Pierpoint, after a pause, responded, Hello, Tish, old pal. At which point, apparently, Corbett visibly relaxed and he was taken. I'm surprised he, uh, was he was out. definitely by the book, uh, was Pierpoint. I'm surprised he acknowledged. I thought it'd be professional to the last. He rarely not, spoke. Yeah. And this reply. was his friend. Sure, yeah. yeah. Close person. He was carrying out his yeah, duty. He's about to kill him. When he was talking, recounting what what he did, yep. he always said, "I had to hang this person. I yeah, had to hang course, this person. Course, yeah. I went in. I had to hang that. He didn't have to do anything. He didn't have to. <laughs> no, he could have gone. But he saw yeah, it as a sure. duty. But it was his friend, and normally he wouldn't speak. He would go in. He would yeah. do the job. Would he? I think I'm thinking of Blackadder. But would he <laughs> have a? Would he be disguised? No, because in, I'm, I'm wondering. Sorry about the, the bag. The, I know, yeah. But I'm thinking He's got of, a hood on. You've got a hood on. You know, like an axe man. Today. You know, like an axe. You've man. got a hood on. It's only fair. Do they? Did, were they disguised for obvious reasons? No, no, no. Were they? No. I'm thinking of public beheadings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're talking a few hundred years That's before. Right. Not a public execution. They would just be men in suits. There would be a warden, a guard. Blah, blah, blah. Hello, Tish. My name's Ian. <laughs> oh, what do you mean? You're not... Because he would have had a bag. I don't know why I keep going on about having a bag. On his There's head. no bag. There's bagless. <laughs> but as, uh, as Pierpoint observed, um, although this man knew very well uh, the man at the other end of the, of the rope, if you like, yep. um, the deterrent didn't work um, because he still killed 
the thing he loved. He did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Girlfriend. He exactly. still killed yeah, yeah, yeah. her. He knew a hangman. He knew what it, yeah, he yeah. knew what was coming, and he knew the man who held the rope. It wasn't an abstract thing. This and the chances w- were quite high that he would have been employed to do the. But then you, yeah. I don't job. think you think of that, do you? I don't you know, think you in, do. Oh, but hang on, my mate's a hangman. Well, this yeah. is it. It's, it's effectively nothing to do with Albert. It's just. Um, no. Are you free a week Thursday? There's a bloke we need doing. Yeah. Okay then. But That's again, it, and, and this is another thing because again, I'm going to go back to Pierpont's biography because he said he didn't agree that the death penalty was a deterrent. It's not. No, it um, has been. You know, he he said, and I'm quoting now. He said there have been murders since the beginning of time, and we should go on looking for deterrents until the end of time. If death were a deterrent, I might be expected to know it's I who face them last. Young lads, girls, working men, grandmothers. Yeah, I've been amazed to see the courage with which they take the walk into the unknown. It did not deter them. And it had not deterred them when they committed what they were convicted for. All the men and women I faced at the final moment convinced me what I've done, I've not prevented a single murder. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. A small caveat to that, he did flip-flop between his views about whether it was right or wrong over the years, but I mean, that was the the view that he published in his biography, that's 1974. It would be hard to accept that what you did most of your life was wrong. So yes. I would understand that he would flip flop on him. He would expect, you know, he would he would think that what he did was right because he did it and he believed in the sanctity of, of that act. Yeah, as, as I said at the beginning, he he hanged hundreds of people. If, if you don't question at some point yeah. whether yeah. that's right or wrong, yeah. uh, but also if he hadn't done it, someone else would have done it Absolutely. because that that job existed. I mean, so I, the I question is, the question is, who would you rather be at the end of the the other so end of the road? Comparing yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I constantly question as to whether any single character of that is worthwhile. I mean, are you comparing yourself to a specialist hangman? As I know, not a single line has killed anybody. No, that's true. (laughs) Apart from you, eventually. I mean, as ethical scenarios go, if you were a condemned man and you were at the end of the rope, who would you prefer would be at the other end of the rope? I'd want the peer point, I'd You want the person who's yeah. most efficient at doing yeah. the job as quickly and swift yeah. as simply as possible I want the, the cleanest most painful death of course most painful <laughs> painful <laughs> Did I? I want a really painful <laughs> death. I want to go with a bang in America in America uh, I believe they still have um, well lethal injection presumably yes but a human or humans still Administer that uh, process, mm. or do they? Is it what, what you? I'm sure you could actually. Um, it could be you could be rigged up so that a machine does it's the job. Le- the, the example you've given, lethal injection, is administered by a machine, but someone has to throw the switch. Oh yes, of course, right. Yeah, someone is there determining it. It begins, and then the, and then the process is then once you say go. Yes, you, the rest is automated. Uh, a, what would you choose, and B, who would you out of me okay. <laughs> to, to do to well, administer? I would definitely whatever I would choose, and then Mark has to answer. It would definitely it. be Mark that does it. Why? Because <laughs> you might not even be I'm there on time. Captain efficiency versus. What about? You were I'd half an hour brilliant. late for this recording. <laughs> I'd be. Well, anyway, what you haven't chosen what you, you have to say going, what it is first. Oh, which bottle is it? <laughs> you have to. You haven't said what it is yet. It doesn't matter. It'd be Mark. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he might know, not know. I'm going to use hammers. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I'm going to use a, a traction engine. <laughs> I'm going to steamroller from 50 paces. And what would it be? Um, gosh. I think... Beheading. 
Really? Yeah. That takes ages. No, it doesn't. Not with an axe. Yeah, but Mark, Mark's doing it. With Madame Guillotine. Oh, good. Well, yeah. yeah but Mark's doing it. Did we have this conversation? I'm no, sure I think we, we did. Yeah. Why would we Madame, have had this yeah, conversation? It would be guillotine, yeah, but a million miles it'd be good. Even he couldn't fuck that up. What do you mean? <laughs> you just release the rope. You literally untie yeah, it and let go. I, I, the most important part of it is literally... ankle. Literally, As it got an inch into my throat, it would yank him into the air. <laughs> I'd it would be a circus it. for sure. I'd want to test it with a cabbage first. <laughs> you put a carrot through each hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only making salad. The, um, so what's your answer? Guillotine yeah. mark. Yeah. Yeah. What's, no, what's yours? Mine too. I'd release it. No, myself. no. You have to. Cho- you have to choose Guillotine me or him. mark. <laughs> you release I it yourself. Untie it. Go. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't. No, yeah. that's not the. You have to and, choose and me. And the carrot in the small hole next to could slice through, and you'd yeah, be fine. and I would be fine. Yeah, okay. Hey. For my next trick, you choose guillotine and. I mean, and anyone. anyone. You have to choose. Uh, Ruth. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! Why can't I kill my friends? <laughs> um, I would choose. Would be. Would firing squad be quite good, in the sense of instant. Well, if they were one inch away with a shotgun, maybe. Well, no, not even it then. Works? It probably wouldn't work. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't. It wouldn't not work, but it wouldn't be a hundred percent guaranteed. Firing it might just rip your face off. Holding ground to air missiles, maybe. <laughs> what about thrown well, off a mountain? Better. No, chances are you're going to hit the mountain <laughs> several times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd be to fairly sloped. I mean, All right, hot air balloon. The thing is, the more you, to death with you'd be, rocks, you'd be battered and beaten, and yeah. the more you hit, the more you'd be slowed down. So the chances are you would actually get you to might be fine. battered and broken. Uh, but hot I'm air like... balloon over a <laughs> bed of nails factory. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bed of nails would distribute your weight, and therefore <laughs> and you might you'd be fine. <laughs> Completely fine, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, being dropped from space might be interesting. Dropped from space. Can you drop the logistics? From space? You would just float away. No, no. Felix, tell that to Felix exactly. Baumgartner. Yeah. <laughs> 60 kilometres. Call back. Uh, from the edge of space. Yeah. Well, then. Well, there you go, then. Okay, so let's get to the point then where. Oh, finally. Is that the pier point? <laughs> the pier point! So we get to in the 50s now, we're talking about yes. hanging on its downward slope. Hanging suddenly isn't quite the cause for celebration it was in the yeah. 40s. Is it not? Weirdly, no, because you've got some landmark cases. And again, we've talked about oh, yeah. all of these cases. Do you think that's the reason why Bentley and Craig cases are ultimately the reason why? Yes. Or was it just life twisting and turning <laughs> to be, <clears throat> it's not the thing to do? Attitudes change and... Incidents force change. Yes. So you've got... Very p- political statement there. I think I'm going to stand by that. I'm going to get that on a T-shirt. The way you're holding your pipe. Uh, <laughs> as well. God Command- Lord that I had a pipe. Command- I am holding my glasses and pointing yeah, yeah. at you with my glasses. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important that attitudes do change over time. We understand that. Yeah. But the point is, specific incidents force change. We are currently in a pandemic. We are, mm. yes. And that has now forced medicinal changes. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So now What came do- first? Attitude change or a, for instance, name another case that, that, like the Bentley and Craig case that people are like, hang on, 
that shouldn't have happened, but it's the law. What in regards to hanging specifically? Uh, yeah, which led directly to the dissolving and right. Okay, well, you've mentioned Bentley and Craig, yes. so I Bentley mean, that's and the kind of main. We've done we've done episodes all three of these landmark cases. Right. Mm. Number one. You've just mentioned Bentley and Craig. So Bentley and Craig, the situation, if you haven't heard the episode, whereby Christopher Craig, 16, uh, shot a policeman and his accomplice, Derek Bentley, who was 19, hanged for that crime. So, controversial. Not only did he not fire the gun, but he was under arrest at the time that the murder took place. And he was hanged by your man, Albert. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Albert Pillboy, friend of the podcast. Number two, Rue mentioned Ruth Ellis. Episode Uh, one, season one. Ruth Ellis shot her boyfriend in cold blood. Apparently. Mm. Outside a pub. Outside a pub. Five out of six shots while he was lying on the ground. Yep. She was convicted. She was hanged by one Albert Pippen. Now, that was contentious because she was clearly in an abusive relationship. He was she a bit was, of a playboy yes, and a philanderer, but she did it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Arguably, and in court, it became cut and dried. Why did you kill him? I intended to, for him to did die. Did you kill him? Yes. That's yeah. number two. But abusive Don't, relationship didn't these really days. have extenuating circumstances back then. What's the, third, what's the other example? Timothy Evans. Uh, and again, we've mentioned uh, this. We yeah. did the Timothy Evans and the yeah. Reginald Christie. Timothy Evans convicted... Never killed anybody. Never killed anybody. He was yeah. convicted of the murder of his six-month-old baby he was at the time living in the house of a serial killer who was yeah. later convicted and hanged in his own right yeah both of them hanged by Pierpont. but because Pierpont was involved in these contentious cases yes all of the three of which have been on previous episodes he went from the the lauded hero in 1945 suddenly a, yeah. a man who was decried in the streets as a as a as a murderer as a killer right right right, right. because they're going oh you know Ruth Ellis shouldn't have died Tim Evans shouldn't have died he was Clearly yeah, innocent yeah, yeah. of what he was convicted. I of. wonder if someone else, if other people had done the hanging, mm. would it have got so many whatever column inches? You mean if it was a more of a generalised activity that other people did as well, rather than it being sort of one go-to guy who did it? Yeah, I mean it's you well, not not him, it. not him. I think because that, he yeah. was a celeb kind of, wasn't he? I think you're right. The the, the point of fact is that the the, the practice would have been contended in, in the media, etc. They would have been well, going, oh, for instance, hanging, bad. But the point is, you've yeah. got a face to it. I know, that's what I'm saying. For instance, name another... I mean, you probably knowing you, you know the answer <laughs> to this, but I, know some. I was going to say, name another hangman. John <laughs> Ellis. No, no relation. Pierpoint wasn't the last... He's called the last hangman, but he's the last known hangman. But the hanging took place for a few years after. Not many, about 11, 10, 11 cases that were actually carried out I in don't. the subsequent years. But yes, I don't know who carried them out. There were a few. Exactly. Uh, my point is, he is since his initial popularity was that ultimately did that aid the publicity of cases and the general growing of uh, the tide yeah. turning against the act. Um, newspaper reports at the time, or indeed newsreels reports at the time, would not have said and so-and-so was hanged, they would have said, it was hanged by Britain's hangman, Herbert Pippant. Yeah, really? Really? It would have been, wow. yes, very much personalised and made specific. Yeah. And it's given a name and a face. It's, yeah. it's very, very personal and yeah, different. I, I can't believe that. But he retired then in 1956, as I said. Now, hanging continued until 1964, when, as you said, um, a man named Harry Allen hanged Gwyn Evans. At Strangeways in Manchester and Jock Stewart 
hanged uh, his accomplice in Liverpool. Um, so there were two people who committed the same crime, the murder of John Allen West, but they were imprisoned in different places and therefore hanged by different people sure. on the same day. Yep. Um, 13th of August, 1964, that was the last hanging and then there was a uh, a moratorium when they said that we're not going to do executions while it's under investigation. It was suspended, wasn't it? It was suspended, suspended for five years, but then it was quietly made permanent in 1969. Yeah, there was no clause yes. that was put in that they would vote on it every year or something. No. I did know the, six, the 1969 thing, but it, but ultimately nothing had happened for five years anyway. Exactly. Right, oh, okay. They basically, so the last hanging in Britain is not 1969. It was when it was outlawed. Or it was it was outlawed in 69, but there was no hanging since 64. It was still was a crime beyond 1969. People would be sentenced to death, but it would be... But no death sentences were carried out. Well, it was still... It was so still it was quietly commuted. It was still the punishment, yes. But no one was ever convicted of those crimes in order to be... Oh, sorry. Right, right. okay. So no one would be sentenced to death. Oh no no! If you committed murder, you would still be sentenced to death. It's just that you, the, the the sentence itself was suspended, so you would oh. be held effectively on death row, and then they abolished right. it, so you would be uh, um, commuted to life in prison. Oh, okay. But there were still a handful of crimes which you could be convicted. Of there were that you could be hanged for. Yes, but no one was. Okay. For example, the Na- I think the navy carried it on for a year or two beyond what the rest of the world or country did well arson in the royal dockyards was quite was still a capital crime but it was quietly removed I think in the 80s I don't think that again no one really noticed it wasn't advertised as such arson in the royal dockyards is not something exciting sorry there'd be a fire happening in the dockyards yeah exactly and uh, treason was arguably still a a, a, a punishable by death but there hadn't been anyone convicted of treason since 1945 so Pierpoint, he and his wife ran the pub until they retired in the 60s. In 1974, he published his biography, which I've referred to. It's called Executioner Pierpoint. He died in 1992. And although there haven't been a lot of movies, there has been a movie, which is extraordinary. It's called Pierpoint, The Last Hangman. He wasn't the last hangman. Timothy Spall mm. is admirable in the role. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. And it, what's, what I like the most about the movie, and first of all, go and get this movie. Go on. It's, I think it's on YouTube. You can go and watch it. What I like most about it is that when, when he retired, he, he resigned the position. He took, had his name taken off the Home Office list. And apparently it was because he went to uh, carry out a hanging um, and the man was reprieved. He was supposed to get £15 for the job, but he was given a pound. And he complained, obviously, as you would. And the film reflects the idea, the notion that has been put forward, that he used that as an excuse to quit. Because with the recent, uh, you know, with Ellis and everyone else, that he didn't want to do it anymore. And he obviously at the time was against the death penalty as a rule. Pierpoint denies that reason, though, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but I, it, again, he flip-flops, so it's difficult to, it's to really film, tell. Though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but the film portrays it's it. I mean, I mean, the film is very um, sympathetic yeah. to him as a character. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. So, it's I mean, it's... it's compassionate. Man. Yeah, it's good to use it as a, as a way to, 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 to close up the movie. Because, yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. it's, it's fair to say that he had conflicting views, but also ultimately he was quite... Um, 
compassionate as you say it's a good word to use but yeah it's definitely a movie worth watching I would absolutely recommend it to anybody yeah and Julia Stevenson plays his wife and she's she's brilliant she's very understanding yeah, and she, yeah exactly and, and Eddie Marsan as Tosh he, he is extraordinary Eddie Mars. Yeah. no what's yeah. he called Marsan Marsan okay um, the, 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 the Tish and Tosh uh, relationship is is yeah, it's lovely. Portrayed incredibly. It's fantastic. It's great love for And uh, also, you know, other characters in there, Ruth Ellis is in there. People always conjectured that um, Ruth Ellis whispered something or said something to, to people on the gallows and people yeah. always said, look, she, like everyone else, she said nothing. Right, right, right. Well, as, he, as the man himself said, uh, his duty was sacred to him. He saw it as a calling and you know in the final analysis he was bloody good at it and if it ever came down to me which hopefully thank touch wood it won't I know who I want at the other end of the rope and it wouldn't be Rue and it wouldn't be Jed it would be friend of the podcast Albert Pierpoint that's all for this time if you want to know more about what we've talked about on this episode then just google it or something you can listen to all of our previous episodes on our website. That's www.truecrimediary.co.uk. Please remember to leave a review on your podcast provider if you can, or you can email us. That's stuff at truecrimediary.co.uk. My thanks to Jed and Rue and to all of you for listening. And we'll see you again on next date in our True Crime Diary.